Welcome to Heroes of Brand Protection, podcast episode 18. I'm your host, Daniel Shapiro, Vice President of Brand Relations at Redpoints, the world's fastest growing brand protection solution with a mission to make the internet safer for both brands and consumers. In this podcast, we will share stories and industry insights from some of the leading experts in brand protection and anti-counterfeiting from many different industries. We are very happy you could join us today, and please check out all of our episodes on www.redpoints.com forward slash podcast. Today, we are thrilled to be speaking with Tina Huckleberry, IP Infringement Coordinator at the Lumistella Company. When Tina was in high school, she realized her true passion was animals, and she decided to go to college and study zoology. Soon enough, she realized that having a passion for animals and studying animals were two different things. After a break from college and working on different career paths, she learned about IP and brand protection. She really enjoyed the work of IP, and so she decided to go back to school and get her paralegal degree. Tina, thank you so much for joining us today. We're thrilled to have you and learn more about you. And thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. So, uh, Tina, before we get you know deep into the interview today, I thought I'd ask you, uh, if you could go back in time and do something different, what would it be and why? So if I could go back in time, I would probably become a lawyer um, if I knew then what I know now because I'm very passionate about brand protection and IP, and it took me a while to get there. But the passion is there. The passion is very, very much there, yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's great. Um, what do you think when you sort of think back of your career path that you've had and you think about sort of a funny story or an interesting story that you tend to tell when you're out having a drink or with your friends, what's that, what's that one you keep coming back to? have a couple of experiences from my current company. Um, so in my first year, I was going into the break room to get my lunch and I could hear what sounded like my coworker having a conversation with one of our animated characters. So one thing about Luma Stella is um, they do include their employees a lot in the voices of animated characters in their specials or their YouTube channel. So as I turned the corner, um, it was basically my coworker having a conversation with himself in his Elf Joe voice, <laughs> which was hilarious. It's like, welcome to Luma Stella, right? <laughs> yeah. And then my other experience in the same year was that the company decided to have a Halloween costume contest and my supervisor and I decided to dress up. So that day she showed up as a counterfeit leopard print elf and I was what we call the elf 5 or elf police. So it's kind of funny to handcuff my supervisor for being a counterfeit. That's a funny story. And listen, I think a uh, nice thing is with your 5 uh, outfit that you actually had handcuffs with your 5 elf 5 outfit. Huh? And uh, tell us what you wanted to be when you grew up. Yeah, so I really didn't have anything specific in mind growing up in my childhood. Um, I was very much into dancing and playing musical instruments. And then also um, later in my high school years, I decided I wanted to be a zoologist. I had several cats growing up, 
and I would find every stray and bring it home. Um, but I also love exotic animals like tigers and lions, but not in a Tiger King kind of way. <laughs> and then you, how did you end up in the path uh, that you're at? So I, I mean, I did go to college to study zoology, but quickly realized that having a passion for animals was completely different than having a passion to study them. So I took a break from college after realizing I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, and I worked in food service management for several years. But I also realized that that wasn't my path and that I did not like it. So I decided to move to Atlanta, Georgia in 1998. From there, I spent several years working in accounting positions until after a few years at Casemates, my CFO approached me with taking over the management of legal contracts. Um, that grew into a brand protection program. So unfortunately, many employees were laid off and I was one of them, but I truly felt that I found my niche. So I decided to go back to school to study paralegal studies. And while in school, the in-house legal counsel for Casemate contacted me again to do brand protection for them again. I kind of knew that it wasn't a permanent position, so I did that for several months, but knew I needed to find something more permanent. Unfortunately, I could not find anything successfully in IP at the time, so I, I went back into accounting with a local real estate company. And through a stroke of luck, a recruiter contacted me while I was there and uh, with this position for the Lumicella company. And here I am. Happily ever after. <laughs> yes. I'm extremely happy that I'm back in IP. That's a great story, uh, Tina. I think about when you were a kid, whether it was your music, your cheerleading, your your accounting, your real estate, you really sort of tested out a lot of different career paths to land in one in which uh, makes you happy and one in which you feel it can have a, a great impact. It's a great story and a great journey. I'm sure Lumistel is thrilled to have you. Um, maybe for those who don't know all the ins and outs of Lumistella, could you share with us uh, and the people listening, you know, what Lumistella does, where you're based, if you're in multiple countries and so forth and so on. Absolutely. So to most people, the Lumicella company is known as the extremely popular elf on the shelf Christmas tradition, uh, which isn't a table part of the company. It is what our company is founded upon, but it's grown to be so much more over the years. We're a family owned entertainment and consumer products business. And we're based in Atlanta, Georgia. We also have a global presence in 17 countries. We sell a wide variety of consumer products, um, such as our world-famous Elf on the Shelf Scout Elf doll, Elf Pets, Elf Mates, among many other consumer products and licensed products as well. And we also have several animated specials, a YouTube channel featuring our very own Elf Joe and Coco with Joe. Um, live performances in the Elf on the Shelf musicals, immersive experiences such as the Elf Magical Journey, as well as mobile apps and games. And we just celebrated our 16th anniversary last month. Wow, that's terrific. Thank you for the breakdown. And if you had to describe 
you know, in one sentence, Lumistella, how would you describe it to people when they say, what is Lumistella? I would say Lumistella is a global IP company. But as an employee, I would say Lumistella is like Christmas magic every day, all year round. 365 days of Christmas magic. Yes. As you can see, my friends in the background. <laughs> yes, I saw your little elves on your shelf back there. And when you think about as the IP coordinator for the company, is there a particular, you know, difficult task that you work on uh, regularly that sort of comes to mind when you think of what's what's one of your most challenging issues? Yes. Um, so one of the hardest things for me has been how to determine between unintentional fan infringement and versus people willfully and knowingly infringing upon our IP. Especially in light of COVID, this problem has regressed significantly over our social media platforms. Um, so we find a lot of gray area in determining what to report and what not to report for infringement-wise, but we are always evolving our strategies to combat infringement online. I think it's extremely important that we always research ways to improve what we are doing to protect our brands um, and continually educate ourselves as a climate with infringement is always changing. Yeah, I think that is right. You know, most consequential issues, you know, I think a lot of brands are facing today is the speed in which infringement is changing, the speed in which consumers and bad actors sort of race to social media or race to e-commerce, right, to try to, you know, make things harder, harder to detect, harder to identify. Um, and so that challenge exists for, for many people and interestingly similar for Illumistella. Absolutely. It's a never-ending challenge for us, especially like everyone else says, the, the game of whack-a-mole sure. is constant. And when you think of sort of as you look forward, uh, you know, what do you see any major challenges in the world of brand protections as you look forward into some of these trends changing? Has anything come to mind in terms of some of those big challenges? Yes. Um I mean, the biggest thing is the evolution of technology online. Though it's provided us new tools, um, meeting these challenges but doesn't really outweigh the volume of potential infringement. For instance, like online sellers have adapted to using these technologies to sell their products on multiple platforms, including social media marketplaces, as well as creating their own websites. So this causes a huge challenge in the sheer volume of infringement from one seller. So now multiply that by many sellers and the volume becomes massive. So not only is it extremely important as a brand to have multiple avenues for removing infringement, but as mentioned by Morel and Wish, I agree that a partnership between the brand and the platforms is key to success. Right. The collaboration piece is critical for sure. And when you think about consumers today heading into the holiday season, I mean, some of your consumers are kids. Uh, do you additionally see any safety issues out there? I mean, do you worry about some of those products not being safe or dangerous for young people? Or Absolutely. So one of the biggest problems for us is, is counterfeit. And the fact that the public doesn't, especially social media, doesn't understand the difference between an authentic and a counterfeit 
and you know the research and development that the company goes through to make sure that our products are safe versus those counterfeits. They're just looking at, oh, there's beautiful different colors of these elves. And I don't think it really hits home to the mothers or fathers that are buying these beautiful little elves online that they're counterfeit. Right. And we worry about whether or not the dye or paint or color is safe. We worry about the little parts, you know, coming off and potentially being a choking hazard. All those things are real legitimate concerns as opposed to just an elf on a shelf, right? I mean, we absolutely. you have to think about that. Maybe parents don't think about that, but certainly you have to think about that, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a continuous battle trying to educate people. Um, and, and when infringers email us, you know, trying to make them understand, like, this is not an authentic product and we don't want to back it because we want consumers to be safe. And I noticed on your website, you have uh, three different areas where you talk about finding counterfeits. We're seeing a little bit of a an uptick in brands sort of educating consumers in this space. The work you put into that is amazing. Uh, how, how has it been received by your consumers? I still think there's a massive problem in consumer education. Um, we do our best to try to educate and and luckily we've also seen like on Facebook groups or social media groups uh people that do understand the difference and the risk of buying and selling counterfeits and they do back us up so we have a lot of great fans that understand this but there's still so many that need educated yeah listen we think the work that Lumistella is doing and educating is awesome from our perspective we think that it's a real sort of forward step and we certainly appreciate your uh, doing so. As you think about heading into the holiday season, and I know you're, you're Christmas magic 365 days a year, but nonetheless, as we head into this year's holiday season, and we know technology plays a, a big a big part of that, how are you preparing? Does, the, does this time frame change your uh, process and preparation? Yes, absolutely. We definitely start prepping for the busy holiday season um, because this is where the majority of the infringement starts towards the last three months of the year, sometimes August or September. So we do hire seasonal um, help for IP specialists. Uh, We will train them and make sure that we can get as much infringement down as possible in this time. Yeah, that's that's critical. So, Tina, Tavares Brewington from Keolis, North America, had a question for you. I don't know if you know him, but his question for you was, what is your definition of social justice? And he wondered, how are we all making the world better in the roles in which we occupy uh, in our space? Yes, so as young children, um, we recite the Pledge of Allegiance every morning in elementary school, and in that pledge, we vow to uphold um, liberty and justice for all. So that's basically how I would define it, as liberty and justice for all. Um, And as a parent, it's my job to shape future generations to advocate for such issues. Well, Tina, that's great. Listen, the only thing we can ask for everyone is to do your best to make the world a better place. And and maybe with a focus on helping the underserved communities on, on how to 
make life better is the best we can all do. Um, what advice would you give someone who's starting out and maybe wanted to have a career like you have today? What kind of advice would you give that person? I would say first and foremost, to make sure it's something that you're passionate about. Um, always be open to learning and never fear the unknown. Venture outside of your comfort zone. Any skill set you can obtain along your journey and your career is an asset because you never know how you could use that in, in a new position. So, and finally, find something that you enjoy showing up for every morning and give 100%. I think that's really good advice to no matter whatever career you want to go into. I give it a hundred percent and finding something that you're passionate about is, is really great advice. Thank you for sharing that with us. Is there someone uh, who may have inspired you in your career that sort of took you to keep looking for the thing that gave you that passion? Uh, yes. Um, in my past role as brand protection manager at Casemate. My CFO, Tuan Pham, uh, was someone who always inspired and pushed and pushed me to learn and grow. He was very particular and very persistent on how he liked things, and this made me extremely organized and meticulous, which helps in my current role. He's a person that pushed me into the realm of IP, and I'm very grateful that I was giving the opportunity to find this passion. That's awesome. Listen, when people can impact your life uh, like that, that's that's really something to hold on to. Uh, it's a great story. Tina, I'd like to ask you a question, which is in our podcast following you, yours, we're going to be speaking with uh, James Larson, who's the Deputy General Counsel for IP at Purple, which is a wonderful, wonderful mattress company. And of course, they do a lot more, but is there something you think we should get to know from James in case he doesn't cover? Like, what's the one thing we want to know about James? I would like to ask James, in your career, if you had to do it all over again, is there anything that you would change? Well, we'll make sure we ask James that question, and we'll look forward to learning about his answer on the podcast following years. So, Tina, thank you so much for your time. It was a thrill to speak to you. and. Look forward to crossing paths again. Thank you so much. Have a great one. Well, Tina, it was very interesting to learn about your journey and your insights in the brand protection space. There were a few key takeaways that really resonated with me, and I want to share them with you. Number one, there is still a massive problem with consumer education regarding truly understanding the risks of buying fakes versus genuine. And number two, Partnerships and collaborations between brands and platforms are really the key to reducing the counterfeit problem. Well, that's it for us today. If you liked what you heard, please check out the next inspiring personal story from another hero of brand protection. You can follow us on all of our platforms, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, as well as Twitter and LinkedIn. Make it a good day. 